Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Welcome to Hockey Central at noon from signing season into HC. At When's noon the last time you said those words, by uh, the way? I don't know the last time I've been on this show. I would say years since I've last been on Hockey Central at noon. It's been a while, um, and I'm happy to be back. It's uh, not been as long for you, um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is the uh, first time in quite some time I've been on Hockey Central at noon. And still, to this point, Will, as we kick off Hockey Central at noon, we'll talk to Peter Labardius in about 20 minutes or so. He'll join us uh, for his regular noon hour hit. Um, we're still tracking Jacob Markstrom to the Calgary Flames, which to this point is still not official. We believe it is getting done. Um, I, I think right now they're just grinding away on contract details. Uh, I wonder about signing bonus. I wonder about, uh, I, I wonder about no move and, and protection and all that type of stuff. Uh, I don't. I, I don't have at this point any uh, uh, new information other than the the belief I've had all along is that if Markstrom got to free agent, the Flames would be a front runner. Um, and and certainly last night as we got towards free agency, uh, I, I believe that the Flames would be a preferred destination. But even going into this morning, I still thought he was going to sign in Vancouver. So the fact that he is now within Calgary's grasp is is still a little surprising to me. Not surprising that the Flames have interest. Not surprising surprising that Markstrom wants to sign in Calgary more so that Markstrom and Vancouver didn't get it done that was my feel all along and, and that just didn't happen yeah and again I, I think based on the Vancouver situation I, I, I guess I was more confident in it not happening than you were I, I just felt like with Demko there with the expand if there was no expansion draft I would have the same surprise as you did that things didn't get done in Vancouver uh, but they they believe in Thatcher Demko. They believe that he's their next guy, and, and they didn't want to mess that up. And you can understand if you're Jacob Markstrom and the age he is and how hard he worked to, to get to the spot he was as their team MVP. And, and you know, this is the, the, the final big contract he's going to sign in his NHL career. You can understand why he would want high signing bonus, uh, you know, movement protection, expansion, all that put into one. So if you kind of all – Put it into one package, Pat. I'm not not stunned that it didn't get worked out in Vancouver. I think there was you know, always a belief they could try, and, and they were working away at it. Um, but again, with the expansion draft there and Thatcher Demko, it just felt like it was kind of leaning towards this, much the same as, as I did feel that Petrangelo was not going to remain a St. Louis Blue. Uh, there's a fake Elliot Friedman that almost got me, but it ain't him. He's got 11 followers, and I caught that one early. Uh, Frege, HNLC. Almost got me, but uh, didn't, so I'm glad there. This I am comfortable going with, though. Uh, Bob McKenzie on TSN's coverage says, multiple people reporting Jacob Markstrom has signed with the Flames. He's not 100% comfortable saying it's a done deal just yet. That's kind of where uh, where I am as well. I believe that it's close. I believe that they are... Uh, I, I believe that they are very much the front runners. I believe it's on the goal line, but it's not done as of yet. Uh, and I still think there are some, you know, fairly significant things to work out. Um, not not things that they can't clear. Not things that uh, that, that won't be able to get done. It's just kind of haggling back and forth on some of the the important things of a contract. So uh, that is that is what we're watching right now. Have we seen anything else come down in the last couple of minutes, Will, or is it uh, it's kind of gone a little quiet on the signing front now that we're after two o'clock eastern time uh p.m afternoon here in calgary matt murray's four-year deal with the ottawa senators the latest thing to come down yeah absolutely and 
I can also say on that note, Sportsnet Stats, our stat team in Toronto, has reported that 62% of the money today handed out to free agents has been done to goaltenders. I think we had anticipated that going in, Pat. Um, but like little, little to no news on Petrangelo. Same thing for Hall. It's been all goalies early here. Yeah, the the goalies have been, and and that's not really a surprise, is it? We we thought that this was going to be a once in a lifetime goaltending carousel, and that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Um, we've we've seen some goalies stay, we've seen some trades, and we've seen some significant movement. Cam Talbot to Minnesota is done. Braden Holtby to Vancouver is done. Jacob Markstrom on the market, and we believe is close with the Calgary Flames, but not done. Uh, plus, Hudobin resigns in Dallas. Murray traded to Ottawa and signs there. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist is officially a member of the Washington Capitals. Like we thought that goaltending was going to be the the big story of the day, and to this point, goaltending has been the biggest story of the day. Yeah, and uh, I think that's why also part of the reason you're going to see a, a bit of a delay in announcements from a guy like Taylor Hall or even Petrangelo. I just think the market is going to move a little bit slower here. They might do some Zoom meetings later today and into Saturday, and, and uh, I think we'll start to see some other positional players start to sign deals on Saturday and Sunday of the weekend as opposed to right now where, yes, it is very, very heavy when it comes to goaltenders. Um, interesting on the Vancouver front, they do not bring Markstrom back and go with Holtby instead. They they, they don't have to pay the, the higher dollar figure for Markstrom and they don't have to commit the term it's only a two-year deal at 4.3 for Mark uh, for for Holtby in Vancouver sources suggesting now on Twitter not my sources but uh some some of the um people in Vancouver their sources are suggesting that Tyler Toffoli uh and Chris Tanev they might circle back on those guys and see if those guys can be brought back Vancouver seems to be out on Oliver Ekman Larson that trade not going to happen so wonder if they look to bring back Toffoli and look to bring back Tanev at this point that's an interesting thing to watch in Vancouver and I don't I don't mind either of those. I mean, I think you got to be careful specifically on the Tanev number. Tanev plays such a, a heavy brand of hockey. He's he's very similar. I think you've compared him in the past, kind of similar style, similar leave-it-all-on-the-line type feel that we see with Travis Hamanick. And as such, Tanev's had a lot of trouble with injuries in, in his past. So I worry, or I would worry a little bit if I'm the Canucks on the term for Tanev. But if they were to circle back and start looking at those two guys into Foley and Tanev and see if they could bring them back, would certainly make some sense. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, Darren Drager says he doesn't believe they will circle back on Toffoli, but they will on, on Tanev. Okay. So I uh, just wanted to, to clear that one up because they only have less than $8 million in cap space. I don't think they can sign both those guys, but um, yeah, I think when it comes to the Tanev front, it's clearly a need on the blue line for the Vancouver Canucks. They've always liked him in Vancouver, uh, but I'm with you. I would worry about the term only because of the brand of hockey he does play. Much the same that I was concerned about the term involving a Travis Hamannick extension if there were to be one in Calgary. Interesting, we have not heard anything regarding TJ Brody, have not heard anything regarding Eric Gustafson, or anything regarding Travis Hamannick at this point in in terms of where they might be linked to. Uh, we, we know that they're all on the market. Uh, the reporting today was uh, just before free agency started that 
Brody and the Flames could not get something done. Once they finish with Markstrom, I wonder if they circle back and, and start to talk again with Brody. I don't know. I have no idea. That's just me speculating. I haven't heard anything uh, to the contrary or to confirm that, but that's just me thinking out loud. Do they, um, do they circle back on Brody after they get this Markstrom stuff all figured out? I, well, they're going to have sure. to, whether it's, whether it's Brody or somebody else, they're going to have to do something on defense, Pat. They've got five departing UFA defensemen. So um, it sounds like there was quite the push last night to uh, to bring back Brody. Didn't end up working out. He is officially on the market, uh, but I'm with you. I think that's absolutely a guy the Flames would love to circle back on. Uh, just couldn't work out of the term and dollars uh, when it came to him last night. So he does hit the market, but... Uh, I anticipate them circling back on him for sure. They're going to need some defensemen specifically on that right side. Uh, we are, uh, by the way, more than two hours into free agency. I found this interesting. So uh, now that we're past the noon hour here in Calgary, uh, Sportsnet Stats tweeted this out, comparing 2019 free agency to 2020. Uh, so in 2019, in, through two hours of free agency, $512 million had been spent. Uh, through 2020 free agency, only $96.4 million in guaranteed money. And and I think that comes down to the fact we have yet to see a ton of big term. Like we've seen a little bit, mm-hmm. but we have yet to see a max term and a lot of two-year deals. So uh, a lot of times you see those big six, seven-year deals in free agency. That's the big takeaway for me is that to this point, we have yet to see those really large terms. The dollar figures haven't been all that different. Like we haven't seen massive bargains on the AAV, but it's just they have not been over longer terms of time, which is going to bring that total number of millions down a little bit. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We do have a new signing, uh, Mr. Steinberg, Woo! Alexander Wenberg, signing for one year in Florida, $2.25 million. Recently bought out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, no surprise there when you really think about it. Who's the general manager in Florida? The former AGM in Columbus, Bill Zito. <laughs> so uh, Wenberg to Florida, uh, there's uh, there's a connection there, that's for sure. That that one makes a lot of sense when, when you connect those dots. And I like that signing for Florida. It's like Wenberg is getting bought out and has got lots of years to still getting paid by Columbus. So why not sign for... You don't have to. You can you can help the new team that you're signing in terms of their cap. You're going to be well taken care of. Uh, millions of dollars from two teams. Uh, yeah, you'll take that if you're Alexander Wenberg. I like that signing. It's a it's a it's a smart one from Florida. It's a little under the radar, but they've made a few kind of tweaking moves here and there. They signed Verhage. They signed Goodass, and now they signed Alexander Wenberg. I really like that one for a year and not a ton of uh, not a ton of dollars either for the Florida Panthers and Alexander Winberg. Yeah, it's a, it's a deal. Bill Zito, as you mentioned, first year in Florida, we just hired uh, later on in this summer, uh, making his, uh, putting his fingerprints all over this team already. And uh, yeah, I mean, Bill Zito getting a guy that he knows in Alexander Wenberg, as you mentioned, it's a nice luxury when you're getting the paycheck from two different teams to take less money. And you talk about the connection. It's one that we mentioned off the air, Pat, that just kind of came to mind. Uh, that we didn't really talk about when we announced the signing. But speaking of previous connections and getting paychecks from two teams, uh, you and I kind of forgot about Kyle Turris and the fact that he played for Dave Tippett That's in right. Arizona. That's right. Uh, as So 
Turris forced his way out of Arizona, right? He was out of Arizona. He did not sign with the Coyotes. He eventually did sign as a restricted free agent, but then was traded like a week later to the Ottawa Senators and uh, then went from Ottawa to Nashville on that three-way deal, gets bought out by the Preds and rejoins Tippett in Edmonton. I actually, you know, I, I really quite like that signing for the... Um, I really like that signing a lot for the Edmonton Oilers to get him at $1.65 million, uh, an area that they really need help in because uh-huh. they, they have they, – they, Dave Tippett seemed to, and the Oilers were a pretty decent team last year. I know they got bounced by Chicago, and that was brutal and embarrassing, all that type of stuff. But they were a pretty good team last year, and they, they really seemed to have a difficult time determining who is the number two center. Is it Dreisaitl? Is it Nugent Hopkins? Well, at the very least, now you've got a little bit of depth behind whoever they go with. So if, if they're going to have Dreisaitl as a full-time center, and he grew into that and was a hell of a full-time center in the second half of the season, if that's the way they're going, well, then you're, you, you can use Nugent Hopkins on the wing, which they've done, and he was very productive on the wing. And then you can have Kyle Turris as your number three center. And to be making 1.65, I really like that. I, I think that's a great fit for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, a really good fit. And if they add Hoffman, which it, it sounds like they are at the very least in talks to do I, I really like the way that their team is shaping up for next year and the battle of alberta especially knowing markstrom might be uh might be spurning the oilers for calgary battle of alberta next year could be at a whole new level and it got back to a pretty awesome level this year yeah it's crazy and and i, I think you're you're bang on i think kyle Turris is kind of that perfect they were looking for that third center role and, and someone to fill that slot. I think Kyle Turris is, is going to be the, the perfect candidate to do that in terms of, you know, 1.65 million for two years. You couldn't really be in a better situation if you're a, a cap shaft team, at least for this year. I know next year they've got some things opening up for, for this year uh, to get a guy like Turris at 1.65 million. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good bargain. And Ken Holland has kind of been all over those right now, because as I say, in the immediacy for next season, not a lot of cash base at Edmonton, but after that, it really opens up. And as a result, Ken Holland's done a nice job kind of chipping away on the outsides and, and filling the depth of his team. Yeah. Um, and uh, latest uh, check-in on the Markstrom conversations with the Flames. Uh, just got a word from uh, somebody who I've been uh, communicating with uh, that uh, they're still grinding away on details. Uh, not done yet, though. Um, this is not a done deal for the um, not a done deal for the Calgary Flames and Jacob Markstrom, but still grinding away as it stands right now. Oilers also uh, bring in Anton Forsberg to fill out their. Well, I don't know if that's going to be their number three goalie next year. It will be. Yeah. Um, who are they going to get the, if if they don't get Markstrom? Like we don't think they're going to. Um, doesn't sound like they're going to bring back Mike Smith. So is it? Is it Koskinen and like who who's still left that they could be chasing as a goaltender? Holtby goes to Vancouver. We believe Markstrom is going to sign in Calgary at some point. So what are their options? Do they reset? Do they circle back on Darcy Kemper? Is that something they do? I'm curious what they do between the pipes as as the goaltending options are starting to dwindle. Talbot's gone. Hadobin's gone. Murray resigns. Lundquist is gone. I guess there's Flurry that's still out there that they could look at. But that's that's certainly interesting to see which way they would go in terms of their goaltending options uh, if they end up missing out on Markstrom like they believe we will. Like you're, forgetting we believe the one, will. you're forgetting the one big fish who's still out there. I don't know where he fits and where he would like to go in terms of a destination, 
but I wonder if the uh, Oilers give Crawford? it a shot with Corey Crawford. Yeah, that's a good point. I did miss him. Uh, 35 years old, Corey Crawford. Um, other names that are still The other out one, there. too, that I would watch for, Pat, Not a, again, not ideal in terms of if you're the Oilers. You go from looking and, and chasing the big fish and having to settle for some of the dust here. I do wonder about a guy like Thomas Grice, too, in Edmonton. Uh, and that's another name. I was just about to mention him. Grice is out there. Um, I, so I guess you're looking at, at Grice as an option. You're looking at Crawford as an option or Kemper Flurry via trade to pair with Miko Koskinen next year. I'm trying to think like of, of those, I think Kemper's their best bet. Like I, I if, if I'm an Oilers fan, I think I don't think he's available. And he might not be. Uh, that's just something that Mark Spector had uh, speculated on. Maybe they recircle back uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe the Coyotes think about dropping that price tag and you know you don't have to give up that first-round pick anymore to bring in Kemper. I don't know. I mean, sounds like Oliver ekman Larson is staying in Arizona, so maybe Kemper's staying in Arizona too. I, I don't know exactly what the plan is for the Coyotes. We were under the impression that they were going to – aggressively go after recouping picks they lost for the testing violations. Um, but uh, at this point, they haven't done that. They haven't traded any of the big fish that we thought they might. So may- maybe the Coyotes are content with keeping Ekman Larson and and keeping Darcy Kemper, and that's not an option. So maybe you, you scratch him off for the Edmonton Oilers. I just bring it up because uh, Mark Spector had had speculated about it on Twitter. Yeah, it's one of those ones where um, you know you, you kind of wonder what Arizona's up to. I I firmly believe that, that Ekman Larson will stay there because I don't think anyone wants to meet whatever Arizona's asking for in a trade. And and Ekman Larson has the no move clause, and he's only willing to go to two spots. So I really think they're at a crossroads there. It doesn't look like the captain is willing to open up his list of teams, so they're pretty much going to be stuck with him at least for right now until things change. And and if you're Vancouver. As we've just talked about, they're circling back on the likes of Tanev. I, I don't think they're going to revisit this Oliver ekman Larson business, at least not right now. So, um, yeah, at this point, I would suggest, Pat, that all the smoke that we had in, in Arizona has kind of cooled. For sure. And it felt like the Darcy Kemper stuff had been cooled down for a little while anyway. So uh, we'll have to just kind of wait and see what happens. Uh, and I just wanted to say for all of our texters who are talking about um, all of our texters who are saying that, well, Markstrom's on the cap friendly page. I see it with my own eyes. I know he's there, but until we get some sort of contract and term and dollar figure, you know, I'm still going to say, and, and the last check I got is that they are grinding away at it. Still. My belief is Jacob Markstrom will sign with the, with the Calgary flames uh, that, that has uh, been my belief that he got to free agency for quite some time. And I believe that Calgary is the firm front runner right now. Uh, I believe they are close, but I believe that those contract talks are still grinding. Last I heard is uh, that they, they were grinding and there's, there's still a few things that are up for uh, up for negotiation. Um, I think that the, the term is set. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know for sure what the dollar figure is, but I think they're pretty close on that. Um, my, my guess would be signing bonus, no move clause. Those are the things that they're being grinded away right now when it comes to the Flames and Markstrom. But I do believe he will sign here. I just don't know when the official announcement is going to be. So I just wanted to address that. I, I am fully aware that he shows up as a Flame on cap friendly right now. Uh, but until we see what the term and dollar figure is, we're still going to sit here and say, and even when you, when you got McKenzie saying, I'm not comfortable to say it's 
again, uh, I think that's pretty good validation that it's not quite done as of right now. This is Hockey Central at noon alongside Will Nault. My name is Pat Steinberg. Hey, we are live in our iconic studio powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Innovation, it's iconic. Contact them today at iconicec.ca. Labardius joins us next, reacting to the news of the day. Lubo on Hockey Central at noon around the corner. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Breaking news from Sportsnet 960, the fan. Welcome back to our Hockey Central at Noon signing season program. It's Steinberg and Nalt along with you. Uh, this is not the news that uh, we have been building up for involving the Calgary Flames, but it is Calgary Flames related. The Flames no longer with Mark Jankowski, as we know. They did not qualify him on Wednesday, which was not a surprise. Uh, the only question was, would Jankowski wind up on another NHL team? The answer to that question is, is yes, the answer to that question, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they have signed Mark Jankowski to a contract today. Uh, and and his, we don't have terms or dollars on it at this point, but it's uh, he's turned himself into a solid penalty-killing specialist, can, can, uh, can, I guess, do the job at five-on-five five for me, but but the area that he has, has really um, carved or, or cemented his worth on is the penalty kill. And uh, knowing kind of the, the depth or... Not the depth, but the the high end talent that exists in Pittsburgh. I, I can see how Jankowski and the Penguins would be uh, would be a solid fit as him as kind of a, a fourth line center, a number four C, and a, and a real good penalty killer for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been very strong on my stance. I don't think Jankowski brings you a lot five on five, um, but obviously the the impact is still there in terms of PK work and and. Uh, who knows what he ends up being in Pittsburgh or even if he spends the NHL year with the Penguins. But uh, good on him for finding some work. I wasn't certain that was going to happen. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I'm just just happy for him that he's able to continue his career. I didn't know what the, the possibilities would be for him. Um, and Pittsburgh's probably a nice spot where he really is kind of way down there mm-hmm. on the depth chart and, and can be relied on. It's just a PK guy. Uh, from Pierre Lebrun, Mark Jankowski to Pittsburgh. Still nothing official on the uh... – Jacob Markstrom and the Calgary Flames front. Uh, they are grinding. They are working, um, but nothing done as of right now in terms of an official deal for the goaltender and the Flames. It's Pat Steinberg and Will Nault, and uh, haven't done this in far too long on this program. It's now time to talk with Peter Lavardius. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Good afternoon, Mr. Lubardius. Welcome to uh, Hockey Central Signing Season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What? Uh, let's start with uh, Jankowski, your reaction to him going to Pittsburgh. Um, interesting to hear the team and the destination. Uh, I think Mark has become a, I I wouldn't put him in the category of an elite penalty killer. I'd put him in the category of he found his way to be a good penalty killer by and large in Calgary. Um, When I think about him, Pat, I I look at it a little different. And, And here's how I'm fascinated by Mark Jankowski. I saw a player all kinds of pressure put on him based right back to day one, where isn't it interesting? Where was he picked in round one? He was picked in Pittsburgh, and now he's going to Pittsburgh. Took him a long time, to his credit, 
found his way to the NHL, 17-goal season, 13-goal season. But I think this is going to work one of two ways for him. I think, and this is going to sound a tad harsh, I think Mark Jankowski got a little comfortable. I, I really do, and I understand why. The route to make the NHL was not easy. He had to go through a lot. He had to deal with a lot of outside noise about being a boss. And then, to his credit, he worked his tail off to get to the NHL. And then he took another step by being what looked like, at one point in Calgary on the precipice, of maybe being a second-line center option with good size and good skill. He's got good size and good skill. I just don't think he had the ability to push himself to get to a better level. That, And I get it. A lot of people are, I mean, I can think of lots of indication, situations where somebody works their tail off, mm-hmm. makes it to the highest level, but then do you have it to take another step? So um, as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, he's got great people there to learn from. He, there's little doubt about that. You're going to find out. I think he'll probably go there this year, Pat, and have a pretty good year. I think he'll have a bit of a bounce back. I think he'll be re-energized. I think in life when somebody tells us that we're not good enough, it gives us a little fire. So, so my guess is he probably finds his way without a lot of expectations again in Pittsburgh. It'll be the year after this one that I'll be really interested in to see hmm. what the growth and the determination is. It's funny, Lou, that you bring up that he was drafted in Pittsburgh. I, I had forgotten about that because I was. there's the other interesting Pittsburgh connection. So you're right. He was drafted and, and was kind of the surprise pick of the first round in the 12 draft in Pittsburgh. And you know the team that picked right after the Flames in that draft? Oh. The Pittsburgh oh, Penguins. Yeah. They, got, they took Ole Mata. So that's, a, that's, that's really interesting on, on both fronts. Um, the, the the guy that you know we've been buzzing about and and uh, the entire uh, Flames audience is buzzing about is Jacob mm-hmm. Markstrom. Uh, nothing done as of yet, um, but just uh, just a thought on him potentially uh, coming here and being the next number one goaltender for the Calgary Flames. Well, the last three years he's really ascended to being an excellent goaltender. He's arguably the best guy available in a very uh, glut-filled, if you will, goaltending market with lots of different, for lack of a better terminology, shapes and sizes of goalies out there and available. Um, if indeed it happens, certainly in Calgary, where I think there's been an incredible thirst to feel like you have the guy or the next guy, I think that's been a really hard thing to get past in Calgary, despite the fact, Pat, and I say this and I've said it many times, you look at the last two years, goaltending for me has not been a problem. And it's not been a problem, you know, at the time of year that matters the most. So this is someone who was a second round pick way back in 2008, high, high trajectory. It's been quite a journey for him. He'll turn 31 on January the 31st. Last three years have been his best. So is it a big upgrade for the Flames? Absolutely. Do I think it will help them in a lot of ways? Yes. So I can't wait to see, you know, 
the years mm-hmm. and the term, um, and that's that's how I react to it at this point in time without knowing whether it's going to be done or not. Now, to me, there's lots of other angles and storylines to think about in regards to if you add this player. Yeah, uh, and just quickly, uh, by the way, one year, $700,000 for Mark Jankowski in Pittsburgh. Those are the uh, dollars and terms on Jankowski signing with the Penguins, Well. Yeah, and Elliot Friedman just said live on the air on Sportsnet Television that it believes the holdup right now is the Calgary camp only wants to go six. Markstrom pushing for seven years. That's the holdup right now in a contract with the Calgary Flames when it comes to Jacob Markstrom. And does that include no movement? My my would... feel my feel is that he will uh, get that protection, Lou. Yeah. Well, that means a lot. That means a lot to me with every passing year that you commit to him. That that, yeah, that seven years. I, seven years. I don't like it. I don't even really the like numbers. Sex, the numbers I've been thinking about, and listen, I understand. You know, the, the part that people forget is when you're doing business. Doing good business requires hard decisions my hope was when Leonard in some ways I think understanding a bit of a hometown discount wanting to stay in Vegas Mm -hmm. tax five five for five when when I saw that happen last weekend I'm like if I'm Calgary I go that for Markstrom all day long I'm good but now if you you creep into the the six and the seven year neighborhood Without an ability to move on somebody who's about to turn 31, and and the other thing I'd say, guys, is goalies are goalies are interesting. We know a lot about goalies in Calgary. There's been 11 of them, you know, that we've seen tend to twine for the last four or five, six years. So, you know, like I said, and, and I'm happy to flush it out all afternoon long. Um, because I don't think it's quite as simple ever in answering the question as to, it, to me, it's far more than just money and term. It's about, does it give you a competitive edge? When you size up your team and how your team is moving and the kind of style and how you match up against other teams, what do you need? That's part of it for me. Are, are you really in a window to take a run at it like when you're in that high market district that's a big neighborhood to be in so uh, to me it's 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 not necessarily complex but it's certainly subjective in terms of certain areas and one for me is with calgary so let's let's just assume that the the next year maybe we even have an all canadian division but you know teams like Vancouver and Edmonton you're going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, who are you and what are you? And 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 what do you do potentially better than your opponents to allow you to compete? Are the are the Flames ever going to necessarily have high-end offensive players like the two guys up the highway? No, they're not. Um, you could make an argument right now that what Vancouver has built forward-wise, gives them an edge. So where do you get your edge? 
where do you get your edge? And in having somebody like this, depending, you know, we know that for hours, a couple hours now, Vancouver went a different route. And the other thing is that's really important when you make these decisions is who do you have coming in your system and where does that fit? Because when I think about Calgary's goaltending, I think about one guy right now, but that can change. And that's Dustin Wolf. So he's 19 years old, which, which to me means you've probably got about four years, maybe less to find out whether he is your guy going forward. But the hardest part in sports, gents, and I won't keep you forever, is trying to make a big investment when you're kind of in a window to kind of push you over or give you a competitive edge. Because if you're Calgary, this isn't the only area that you need to address. And that's why I am I'm not really on board with with a seven year deal for a guy like Jacob Markstrom. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in that uh, line of thinking, uh, Pete. When it comes to just the fact that there's a lot of holes, like let's not forget, there's five UFA defensemen that have walked away from this team right now, uh, four of which played regularly in your top six when you closed the season about a month ago. So um, yeah, I'll be very curious to see how it all shakes out. That's the latest when it comes to the Calgary Flames. Um, and, and I guess just uh, when we're st- sticking with the Flames, Lou, um, mm-hmm. they're going to bring back Buddy Robinson inside the organization on a one-year deal. Well, you know, I think Buddy's really progressed. I, I like his size. Um, you know, the most significant thing with Buddy Robinson is you don't sign somebody to a one-way deal unless you have plans for him to play on, on the big team. So, you know, he's versatile gives you physicality, he's got pretty good hands, uh, a right-handed shot, again, which this team doesn't have a lot of in terms, you know, especially in their forward ranks. So, you know, I, I see him having all those attributes. And, and the one thing that we didn't get to see that I think is really important is we didn't see Buddy's work in the bubble, you know, they, they, they got a better feel for him and his work. And, and it's a one-year commitment. So, you know, you always need depth and, and you need versatility. And, you know, do, do I think that he's going to become a, a massive difference maker? Well, no. But you need all kinds of different types of players and pieces in the puzzle to make it fit. Lou, I, I just want to, Peter Labardi is with us in his uh, regular noon hour slot with us here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, this is Hockey Central at noon signing season. I, I just want to jump back on the goalie thing with you for a second because I, I was thinking about this while, while you were chatting about it and, and talking about you know where, um, where a guy gives you an edge or what edge you might have. And I just re- remember, jeez, oh, I don't remember if this is like three or four years ago, two or three years ago, but remember when the Kings ran into the problem with Jonathan Quick and I, I believe, I don't remember the goalie that came in and, and played so well for him while Quick was out. And he, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but he led the league in shutouts and he had a really good year. But your point was, that without quick, you know, it, it, you really lose that confidence knowing, despite how well this guy had played, 
when when you lose quick and you lose that number one guy and that that security blanket, it changes the way a team plays and and you know you're playing just a little bit tighter. And I thought you made a really good point. And I wonder, to kind of on the inverse of that, if if the Flames end up finalizing this thing with Markstrom and for the first time since a guy who wore number thirty four is here, having a number one guy, Jeff Ward having the ability to just know who he's going with on most nights, how 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 could that change the what what you see from the group in front of the goaltender going forward see see pat the hard part for me when i think about the flames in this situation Mm -hmm. is the part i still have trouble with well it's is yes to answer the first part when you go out every night and you have really really quality confidence in your goalie does that make everybody better? It does. Absolutely. And I could point to By every the way, I level. I was talking about Peter Budai. That's who it was. Yes, That's who it right. Was. So every level, that makes a difference. Okay? So when, when you feel confidence in that player, uh, it does. It makes all the confidence in the world. But remember, Pat, the league is changing, too. The, the league isn't as much anymore it's more of a, to me, a 50-30 or 55-25 type split. So to me, that has changed. It's, you need two guys now. So the higher the dollar value goes, I look at it not just as one guy, but I look at it as two. But to have somebody that you, tr- like, let's put it this way. Is this a top five goalie in the National Hockey League? I believe I believe has he's he there. has he ascended to that place. Mm-hmm. I I think he I think you know for me in terms of goalies across the National Hockey League um you know there are only a couple of guys that I put right now today in the elite of the elite. And then there's kind of another tier. And and I think after the last 3 years Jacob Markstrom has shown us that he has moved into that category. Mm -hmm. So, listen, anytime you can get one of the best of the best, why wouldn't you go there? Why wouldn't you go there? However, as Will pointed out, a big part of this equation for people listening today to think about is I still need money and I still need flexibility to get some other work done. Yeah. So the assessment, guys, is to me, and it's the hardest thing in the world. How, like, does this guy put you over? Does he put you over? Yeah. He's going to solidify. He's going to solidify. He's going to solidify a position that you've been been looking for, Pat, and, and I, I can sense where Will is at with the whole thing. This one is, a, is, is difficult just because I know the talk in Calgary always goes back to goaltending, and I get it. Yeah, it really does. But, if the, but it, and it always does, and it has because everybody's looking for the next Mika Kiprasov. But and listen, if, if they, I'll be the first guy, and I will, given an opportunity, would I go get this guy? I would go get this guy. And like I said, 
you know, if we're getting into seven years, you know, even sometimes I can live with that. If you've got the right guy for the right situation at the right time, I have that. But, but I also think about what else I have to do. And, you know, I don't know exactly where the flames are on David Riddick either. I don't. There, there's lots of, there's lots of kind of swirling stuff underneath. But I need two guys. I don't need, you know, necessarily just one. I'd love to have this guy to hang my hat on. But, but at what, what price, what cost, and what does that do to the rest of my flexibility? So, so I'm going to use Mika as an example, okay? And you guys take this however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mika Kiprasov is one of the greatest Calgary Flames I've ever watched on a day-to-day basis. Did he kind of, in some ways, put a Band-Aid on other scenarios that maybe required more construction? Because he was so good, in some ways, with he and Aginla, do you guys think sometimes that potentially you didn't construct your group because those guys were so good... And I think in the later years, I'd put one guy ahead of the other, and that was the goalie. Um, I think you know where I'm trying to get to. Yeah, I, I and, and Will, I, I agree completely that there were some, some times where I think Kiprasov might have fooled the Flames into a, uh, a sense of security that maybe they shouldn't have had. Oh, without a doubt. There's no question. Yeah, I think you're banging uh, on that. But that was there. Yeah, there's no question. And the, the same the – same, Count, uh, you know, Lou just talked about the fact that with this fan base, it always goes back to goaltending. And, you know, you can survey 10 different hockey markets. I mean, it's it's not like not very many hockey markets out there today have experienced what Flames fans did for a decade with Mika Kiprasov. And when you go from that high, as you say, Pat, if you're Jeff Ward or if you're whoever the head coach is, you come to the rink, you know who that guy is. The same is said for the fan base. This guy was playing 70 games, 70-plus games a year. Like, for a fan base to go from the absolute peak of the mountain to trying to climb that thing again, that's why it always goes back to goaltending. It's it's not that I want to say the fan base thinks it's automatic that that happens every year, but you were spoiled for so long that you kind of forget that it's not always something that every team has the luxury of doing. So, yes, every year we talk about goaltending, but again – I've said this all along. The last two years in the playoffs, the goaltending has been the best part of their game. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't – again, you were, as a fan base, spoiled for so long that you would give anything to get back to that point. But uh, seven years to me is crazy. Here's – here, and, and this will be the final thing I say, and I'd be curious as to where you guys go with it. Lou, like, here's the reason why – and I, I totally get why both of you would be trepidatious on, on a seven-year deal. Listen, I let like, Pat, before you even start, though – Yeah. Like, I, I would. I'm signing this player given the opportunity. I'm I'm signing him, yeah. but I'm signing him because I think it gives you a competitive edge against your opponents. When I think about how they match up, my thing is that needs to be crystal clear. Is I personally 
think that there are other areas right. that also require construction in order to continue. And this team has taken some massive steps and massive strides in building towards a championship. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get him today unless I really put put other things in jeopardy. I'm, I'm doing that for sure. But again, going back quickly to the Mika example, let's not forget either, as great a goaltender, and I love him, like, you know, Pat, you guys both know what I think of this player. Yeah. Incredible, incredible player. How many long playoff runs outside of one did the Flames have with him as their goalie? Zero. Does that not matter? Yeah. Well, and I think you're bang on that they there are significant other areas of need, and I, I certainly would not be one to subscribe to, well, you do this and you're fine. Because that's, 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 I, I, I'm a in 100% agreement with you that they, they still have other things that they need to figure out here uh, and, and other needs that they need to address. I guess, I, I guess for me, the reason why, Will, I, I'd, I'd be okay with them going seven years is because at this point, I'm kind of like, you're either in or you're out. I, I just, they, and, and if you go in and it doesn't work, at least you took your shot. I just feel like the middle, the Minnesota Wild, is, is what you need to avoid at all costs. So either you're in, and I think signing Markstrom to a seven-year deal is a very much chips-in move. I, I'm so much for that than them kind of just being a, a playoff team that's, that's not ready to take a step. I, I feel like with Markstrom, to lose point, I think it, it gives them a competitive edge. So that's why I am okay, even if they have to go seven years to get this done. Well, and to lose point again, uh, on that same note, though, Pat, you talk about being in the middle with Mika Kiprasov. How many years were the Flames in the middle? Every single year. Were they not? They were. and that's um, why How many division titles did they win? How many deep playoff runs? So I, I understand what the goalie does. But I love the band-aid in a bullet hole uh, analogy. Yeah. I, I truly believe that this is what that could be. Because, and that's again, why they have to go do more for me. Exactly. But if you're signing this guy to a seven full no move and probably over $6 million, what else are you going to be able to do to fill some of the holes elsewhere mm-hmm. on your team? And that, that to me, is what's concerning. That, that, was your, that was your question too, right, Lou? It, it was. And to both of you, you know, which I, I, I think about this stuff nonstop, um, is, okay, what you need to define then for me, Pat, is what, what's the, and, and you've, you've been to Vegas once or twice in your life. I, I'm not sure you're a cards guy or a roulette guy or whatever. I can't exactly remember. But, but there's a difference. If I'm going all in with my chips and I'm playing 21 and I've got 20 in my hand, gets a little different if I got a 10 and a 6. Yeah. So as a group, with where you're trying to get to, <laughs> I think you guys know where I'm trying to get. I do. With, yep. with well, maybe you don't. And if I and I need to, if I need to be clear, please allow me to be clear. But you know, when you just said like go all in, well, what does that mean? Because I don't kind of get that from you and. You know, like when do you are you sitting on a pitch? At at do you feel like you're sitting 
in a 2-0 count and you're going to get a fastball, so now I can take a rip? Or, or is, this a, is this a full count and I'm just, I'm going to put my cleats in and I'm just, you know, this is a time to take a big cut I, and I, hope it works out. I feel like it would be more option one. Like, I, I think that they have many other things that they are working on and this is just one piece of the puzzle, which is why I, I am very much in favor of them doing it. Like, I don't think they sign... Because generally, not to interrupt you, yeah. but I will, generally for you... When money and term gets long, you're generally on the other side of the fence. De- depends on who the player is. And, and I feel like this, this, to me, is a goalie that has shown he can play 60 games and sustain a 915 save percentage, 914. Yeah, ag- like, agreed. That, to me, is something they have not had over a full season in the better part of a decade. Like That, that to me, is a key chip that comes in. It's not the only chip that needs to come in, but right. I think that is a significant piece to make your team and, and to allow your team to actually take a step and actually be in a position to get to a new level. Beautiful. That's, I, that's, I'm, I'm not, I'm, and, and I asked you for clarification, not because I was on the, a different side of no, the fence. No, for sure. I, I'm like, I am, I am very much there until it handcuffs you from completing the renovation. So if I want a bathroom and I want it tiled and a beautiful shower and, and by the end of it, I can't put in a toilet, I got problems. Yeah. If I want, if I want like probably the better analogy is if I want nice tile and, and I want a glass window and have it enclosed, but now I got to deal with a shower curtain. Yeah. I don't know how much, you, you know where I'm going. Uh, just uh, this um, from John at the score, and uh, he's he's pretty reliable with his stuff. This is actually too bad. Um, sounds like the Sabers have signed Tobias Reader, one year, one thousand dollars. That's uh, I knew I was going to get that reaction too, and I'm right there with you. Well, Alu, like I I uh, I was really hoping he'd be back. Yeah, me too. What what a what a great job he did in the playoffs. Now you want to talk about we talk about Mark Jankowski off the top. That that guy is Tobias Reeder is an elite penalty killer. That's an elite penalty killer. And uh, yeah, that saddens me a little bit. I'm I'm not gonna not gonna hesitate in that reaction. He was one guy in that UFA grouping that you know I thought was going to end up being back and you know he and Jeff Ward obviously have a history and when Jeff took over uh, he did great things and he did great it always sticks with me when a guy does great things at the most important time and nobody could ever say that for the 10 playoff games that he participated in I mean could you have ever gotten more I don't think you could have but again it's business and and a part of putting your puzzle together is you on your whiteboard who fits what spot who needs to grow do you have people there but uh yeah that one saddens me for sure i was hoping they'd find a way with him well lou a lot of stuff kind of happened real early there it was a lot of you know kind of depth signings and then a lot of goaltenders went anything else catch your eye the guys up north have certainly done a lot of work today 
They they have for sure, and you know Kyle Turris is is an interesting signing. It certainly makes a lot of sense to me in terms of it gives Dave Tippett and the Oilers flexibility whether you want to take more time in the right situations to play the two big guys together. Um, you know Kyle's Kyle will fit well into any room. He's just he's that type of a person. He's got experience right-handed shot which gives you you know a different face-off option than the two left-handed guys in Dreisaitl and McDavid so you know for the right price and, and the right amount of years you know we we have a tendency sometimes <laughs> I, I hate this but it's the way it is like we end up getting mad at a player sometimes because somebody makes a rich investment it doesn't work out well and then it's like that person doesn't sometimes have value. Well, it changes. Well, where it gets where it gets hard is again, you know, whether we're talking about goalies or who people are going to sign on defense today or forwards. If just think about how hard evaluating it really is. Like think of like guys. Today is a day where wouldn't we all say really big mistakes get made. But doesn't that speak to just the nature of how difficult it is to get these jobs done? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Anything else, Lou, that, that has jumped out to you from this morning? Um, you know, here's, here's one thing that I'd comment on, and, and it's more I, – I, I, I've liked Bill Guerin since I was lucky enough to be able to cover him way back in the late 90s uh, in Edmonton. Uh, I think he's shown a lot of courage in terms of trying to put a real stamp on this Minnesota thing. He's doing some difficult things that not everybody is buying into. And I'll be frank, in one year, I became a massive Cam Talbot fan. And um, I I think Cam is an... He came to Calgary advertised as a great person, an unbelievable teammate, respectful, has great awareness. And I think for Minnesota, where they are, um, you know, in their goaltending situation with a couple of young guys on the road that people don't know a lot about in Hunter Jones and Capo Kakinen, um, I can't think of a much better guy, a veteran, to have around a changing team that's probably going to go through some growing pains to help lead the way. And if you guys, and I know you're both on the same page, so I'm preaching to the choir, I don't, I think, forget about just the playoff experience and how well Cam played in the playoffs. Do not forget how a player like Cam, I truly believe, helped Calgary navigate some of the most difficult waters I've ever seen in a season going back to late November. He's an adult, he's mature, he's a good person, and I I will be chewing for him until the day he leaves. That's the kind of impression he made on me. So that's that's one well that maybe you weren't expecting, but mm. that one really that one really resonated with me today. Yeah, Pat and I spoke about it. We're both uh, certainly very happy for Cam Talbot and believe he will form a very fine tandem in Minnesota with Alex Stalock. Lou, good stuff as always. We'll let you run. 
and uh, have a great Thanksgiving weekend, will you? Yeah, you guys too. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, my phone will be right beside me. You guys have done some outstanding work in what's been a, a really, really busy week. And uh, have fun with the rest of the day because I think it's the next few days or uh, wow. it's not going to be shy on news or fun or things to talk about. Yeah, your phone might be ringing on the weekend, my friend. That's okay. Yeah. I'm I'm never I'm never that far. I'm never that no, far. No. All right, Lou. Thanks, pal. Thanks, okay. brother. Bye, guys. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Okay, that'll do it for Hockey Central at noon. Uh, officially, when we come back, the big show, but we really are just uh, knee-deep in signing season. Hockey Central signing season rolls into the big show around the corner, thanks to Peter Labardi. Is still nothing official on the Jacob Markstrom Calgary Flames thing. Uh, that remains something that we believe is being negotiated as, as it stands right now. We wait and we see. Uh, we do know that Tobias Rader has signed with the Buffalo Sabres. One year, $700,000. Uh, I really was uh, thinking that he'd be back with the Flames, but off the Buffalo Reader goes. Uh, we know Mark Jankowski has signed one year, $700,000 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Those are the Flames-related news uh, in recent days. Uh, we'll get you up to date on other signings and kind of reset things when we kick off the big show in a few minutes' time. Uh, that'll do it for Hockey Central at noon. He's Will. I'm Pat. Thanks to Lubo here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.